is NAB Show Live. Good morning from 2019 NAB Show. You're watching NAB Show Live, brought to you by Broadcast Beat. And I see a sky go, hello. We're on camera one now. Oh, now we're over there. <laughs> I actually saw the sky cam flying over, and it's the first time I've seen that. And now I'm, you know, I'm sure there's this, this giant shining light coming off the top of my head. So welcome. I am Brian Sethurst. I am your host today. And we discuss, when I get on the desk, we discuss immersive content. We are going to discuss live 360, live VR today. And what I love about this job is that I get to bring the people who are doing the best work and also get to bring my friends. So today we have Ben Carlin from XR Media, director. Dirk Wallace from Everywhere, director. <laughs> Josh Samsung, who enables directors. Josh, Josh Samsung. Samsung. That's how we refer to you. It's like Tim Apple. You're Josh Samsung. Um, director of Business Operations and Strategy for Samsung VR. And Lillian Diaz-Presbill, producer. Yes. From Butcher Bird Studios. That's right. That's me. So we're here to talk about live VR. It is a different animal. And we have reels, so we're going to start out by that. But, and I also don't want to be too prejudiced, but these... Two guys are my go-to directors, and I, I love their work, and I love what they do. And Dirk, just we had Hugh here um, over the weekend, and we talked about the great work that was done with the Special Olympics in Abu Dhabi, which you can find on Samsung VR. Um, so if you want to see some great work in documentary and to really feel the soul of the Special Olympics, go take a look. So we're going to start with Ben. Ben, we have some videos for you, and we're just going to roll them. Great. to X Games On Frame, brought to you by Samsung. I'm Jack McCrony. Let's take a look back at some of the highlights from yesterday in VR. So that'll put Simone in the third place position as of right now. And with that, Jagger Eaton takes the top spot. We're with the legend himself, Jagger Eaton. You just got a gold medal. What is going through your head right now? Well, I don't think I'm a legend yet, but I'm really stoked that I took it away, man. You know, all the other stuff.
Unframed here at the X. <laughs> so we, we're trying to give people the, just a general idea, and we're going to talk about the challenges in directing live, which is fundamentally different, especially for you. Um, and uh, <laughs> let's go to Dirk's reel now. Um, so that we can see some of the work. It's funny because the directors were talking about how they direct this in 360, Steve. <laughs> can't help it. So yeah. you can't help it. You get, can't you, help it. You, no. Turn it off. That's you right. get in a set. We're pulling up the video now. You get on a set and you go, hmm, how would I do this? Yeah. And, and camera placement. Yeah. And lighting. Yeah. You know? I use these same PTZs. Those are great. I use those a lot because we do picture <laughs> in picture. Um, picture in picture. Yeah. It's Can't, like sending doctors into the gallery of an operating off. room. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Next year they'll have 316 here, hopefully. There so you while, go. They're, while we're getting your asset, the challenge of, of sports, esports in live, enormous. Esports. I'm sorry, not esports, sports. That is a good I topic. Got to cover, on my <laughs> I got esports experience sports, on my brain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> X, X. Well, the challenge with that is in is in following the action. Because when you're doing a live 360 video production, your viewer is in a headset, ideally, watching the action, and they're following the, the skateboarder from left to right. And if you cut to a camera that has them looking off in the wrong direction because mm. the north-facing frame is looking the wrong way, then they've lost the action. And in, in extreme sports, that action is very fast, and they cover a lot of ground really quickly. So one of the techniques that we've had to develop over the years is the ability to reposition the frame of the next shot, so your preview shot, so that when you make that cut, the viewer is looking exactly where you want them to look, so that you make that transition, and that skateboarder who was going left to right, you make the cut, they continue going left to right in 360. So you're, Huge challenge. you're basically tracking the same adrenaline that they are, because you, yes. you, you have to be on the mark, literally. Yeah, and you, you, can't, you can't make those fast cuts that are, that are far away from the action over here because you'll completely disorient the viewer, yes? That's exactly right. And one of the things that we do that I think is really important in a live production booth is we always have somebody in a headset, uh, a VR supervisor, that's in a headset watching what you're doing and giving you live feedback. Because if your end user is meant to be in a headset watching the production, well, you have to have feedback on that, and, and there's no other way to do it other than having somebody in a headset live sitting beside you telling you, okay, this feels good, uh, or, or that was a bad cut, you shouldn't so have done we, that, don't do, do that again. What do we call that position? Is that a TD? Is that a... We call that a VR supervisor, and they kind of you know, have an oversight over how the VR production comes together. Um, it's, you know, the graphics where they're landing, are they landing in the right spot? Should they be tweaked just a little bit because they're cutting something off? And, and that position kind of sits beside the director and gives them hints. It's a cheat, cheat, cheat. <laughs> you want to go to Dirk's reel? Ready, Steve?
countries. Yes. Shooting, also shooting live, also producing live. Yes. Every day. Correct. Yes. So, yeah. and just point out, I mean, this time goes so fast. How many different cameras did we see there? Oh, geez. I mean, we used pretty much everything that we had. So, Insta1X. Insta1X, Insta, Insta Pro. We used the Candel Obsidian. We used the Samsung. Samsung Round. We used uh, our phones. We used whatever we could get our hands on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, every shot's a different camera, usually. So, you, so look at the, you look at the shot and you work backwards and say, what's the best, best camera for this? So, the outcome, as I said, you can see it on Samsung VR, is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. But what I have heard yes. was that you had just one challenge after the other that you had, to you had to solve on the fly in order to get what you yeah, needed. Yeah, I mean, 360 production is about problem solving. That's, that's what we do. We solve <laughs> problems from beginning to end. Um, and that's what makes it fun and makes it challenging at the same time because there's no established workflows for what we're doing. We were, we were going around with a crew of you know, six to eight people um, doing the post in hotel rooms, you know, going from country to country with 30 cases, going through customs, dealing with all of those things. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a huge challenge, but at the same time, we're doing something that's never been done before. And, and defining so. the medium, and this is, this is why I think, it, that to me, this is a must-see. The work coming out of that is a must-see. It sets a new bar or standard for documentary. Thank you. And it's just, it, you, it is seamless. Right. So you can't tell how you made the sausage. Right. But it's exactly. delicious. Exactly. You don't need to see us in, the, in Tokyo, like that one shot with Hugh. Yeah. We had a computer set up in yeah. the bathroom because the hotels were so small. Yeah. You don't need to know that necessarily when you're watching it. But um, yeah, and it was a great job. The, the client was a Special Olympics, so you're doing a, a, a piece for clients that are just and you're the, making the a difference. Amazing, and yeah. it was just it was, it was incredible. So I'm I'm just going to point out that believe it or not, Josh is the one degree of separation between all of us. That we is have true. all worked with Josh in the in the interest of full disclosure. Thank you, so we're Josh. Gonna go, we're going to go to Lillian, and then we're going to go to Josh Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so do we have Lillian's video? I hope. No. Uh, a little kind of, oh, okay, never mind. Go. One twenty seconds. Setting the scene for you, we have five camera operators. We have five additional cameras in the ship. We also have additional pocket sets that are directly behind you where you see actors waiting to go on. Each of those pocket sets also has a camera. We have live band, you'll see in a few minutes. We have live editing and mission control. And I'm calling shots in real time. At each moment, with 10 options, I'm looking for the very best shot to tell the story. The actors who are in real time, it's kind of like they've gotten onto a roller coaster ride and they cannot get off until the show has ended. They know that any of their decisions are going to be final. All of these people are working together in a symphony-like experience. Okay, so yeah. this is, so long story short, yeah. 
the Interactive Media Peer Group at the Television Academy had an yeah. event at Butcher Bird Studios to talk about this. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh. And yeah. I, I found you actually at the AR Wall event, yes. I think. Yes. And I said, I need you to come to NAB. Explain what Orbital Redux was, sure. what your challenges were, how Josh enabled yes. your life to happen. Um, so that's an interesting clip because Orbital Redux was a live-performed, live-streamed narrative science fiction series. So every week for eight weeks, we would go live for 20 minutes with a narrative interactive story that was completely original and scripted. So the show was shot live. We had anywhere, we had five usually operated cameras and then another five or so cameras embedded in the set. So we were picking all different sorts of cinematic angles within that. And for the first episode, this is where the 360 component comes in. We teamed up with Josh and Samsung to put uh, 360 VR cameras at different points in the set so you could get this really holistic behind the scenes experience of how we put this all together. So the set that you saw there and why I kind of annotated it with a little here's well where done. the live band is, here's where the switching is, here's where our camera operators are. It was essentially a 360 set. So for the first two episodes we could look in through that front window with the windscreen of the spaceship down. Uh, halfway through episode three we actually took a shadow box and hung it over the front with holes punched through, shown a light through to create a star field, and then suddenly we could turn around and shoot from the back of the craft. So there's 10 different camera doors that were hidden within that ship. You saw one of them slide open with that monitor. So if we wanted to do a fully immersive 360 experience, which we talked about with Josh quite a bit, um, we could have just shut all those doors and let the actors run for 20 minutes like a stage show and film the whole thing in 360 that way. But you did say, we did talk about this and you said that's something in your in your mind and your product roadmap as a producer. It's in the back of my head for something to do moving forward. We didn't have the time to do it initially because we were so focused on just getting the live show itself up. Um, and we honest, we didn't have the bandwidth to stream in 360 from our stage space at the time. Um, we were pushing our limits just to do the 2D version. Um, but we still have that whole set. So all we need to do is reconstruct it, shut all those doors, and we had some Really cool ideas both for uh, the main story itself and then some interesting kind of spin-off stories in the world that would have really taken advantage of and, the 360 And where set. did it air? So it aired on Legendary Digital's Project Alpha platform, which was a live stream interactive platform. We were backed up against Critical Role, which is sort of their big show at the time. Uh, unfortunately, that platform has ceased to exist. Um, but Orbital still lives on in other forms on the internet. Uh, it's going to go to Twitch for a while. So oh, that's great. And it's, your you can still go out it. there and watch it. So we had great, great fan response to it. It was really great to see the chat feed get really excited about what we were doing in real time. And so, it was such a, it, it's bringing back a genre, two genres. One, yeah. science fiction, two, live broadcast. Yeah. So it was amazing. What was super fun about it is that we were using all of this really front edge kind of cutting line, uh, cutting edge um, digital technology to, to facilitate this with live broadcast, digital cameras. We worked really closely with Blackmagic to help all these systems integrate with each other. Um, but a lot of the filming techniques we were using were the most old school TV production you can imagine. So there's a gag in episode two where they turn off the artificial gravity and an apple floats up <laughs> into the air and then drops back down. It was just an apple on monofilament that we had you know, a, a grip pulling off stage and the audience was just blown away. They were like, is it CG? How are they doing this live? We're like, guys, <laughs> it's so easy. So Pioneer, Pioneer, Pioneer. Pioneer, happy to say. <laughs> um, but, but pioneers need help. Mm. They need to have a foundation from which to work. Mm. I had the honor of working with Josh and Samsung on Rolling Loud, which was uh, 
40 hours, 40, 40 acts, 22 hours of broadcast of hip hop from the Rolling Loud Festival with Live by Live. Josh, Samsung's commitment to live, because actually, Dirk, you and I were all here last year testing the workflow, doing a live 360 broadcast from NAB. And now Samsung, Samsung VR as a platform is up and running. And live, how much is live a part of the strategy now? It's, it's a critical part of the strategy. So live is just the other piece of it. You have the on-demand content and then you have live. So you have to be looking and distributing on both platforms and, and trying to glean content that's very immersive uh, to be able to build this industry because it's all about building the industry right now. It's a very small industry. It's uh, growing. It's going to take time to grow and it's going to take a lot of creatives to come in and blow people's mind on what they can view and experience in these spaces. Do you think it's, it's first of all, there's a, I mean, live streaming is, is huge now. So we're kind of back <clears throat> to live, even <clears throat> on demand. Do you think um, that live 360 streaming and live VR streaming, because it's getting better and we're having 5G come along, which will make the experience much easier and make, for your cameras, they'll actually be able to talk to one another. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this, this is going to ride the trend of live streaming mm. now? Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of limiting factors. The network is the number one limiting factor with uh, live streaming because, like you said, they right. didn't have a network to, to broadcast out with a high enough throughput because these mm -hmm. 360 mediums require a, a higher throughput than a, a traditional rectilinear or traditional broadcast. Uh, so if once 5G, I think, starts to become ubiquitous across the industry and people start using it more and more, I think that's when we're starting to get to start see a lot more of these events take off. Uh, the other thing is funding. Uh, how many headsets are out there? We have, uh, in my opinion, only 10, 20 million headsets. There's not that many headsets out there, VR headsets. We have AR too. 360 videos can be created for a lot of different mediums. You have mobile, AR, which is going to be huge. Everyone has a device. So you can create 360 content for uh, AR mobile and deliver to billions of devices. If you're only focusing narrowly on one medium, you might be selling yourself short. Uh, there's also web. And on Twitch, there's okay. a big uh, demand for web content to, to eSports, like we were talking about before. And I think if we get into these use cases, which can get to a lot more devices, I think that's when you're going to start to see this, this big growth. So I want to talk about user experience for a moment. Traditionally, a director does, you know, in 2D, and you, you, buys, you guys actually came from traditional, so that's great, moving in, you bring what you can. But is it true that directors are now more responsible for the overall user experience, i.e. UX, than they would be in traditional? I think you have a lot more tools to play with now. I still, most of my, or almost all of my live stream shows have 2D in it as well. Mm -hmm. So you do, you still call the, the 2D show, and then you have a 360 show also, and then hopefully soon you'll have some AR integration, you'll have some, some user interface, and you'll have a dragon flying in or whatever. So you'll, you just have more tools to be creative with, I think. But you, we, we have all talked about this, which is whenever I talk to you about a project, I always talk about how can we raise that user experience to keep people in headsets longer because it's compelling, it's a great mm. story. I mean, you have a narrative, so obviously you're gonna stick with it. But if you get inside, and, we, and we've recently been, been talking about redefining esports experience, and thanks to Unity and Cinecast and Cinemachine, we'll have virtual cameras that we can actually put inside mm. esports, inside a game, that will go to an ATEM switcher that you guys can integrate with live camera work. So the challenges of upping and making something more 
compelling. And that's, in all honesty, that's why I work with you because you, we have to keep pushing the envelopes and just on a personal note, you guys get me, but. <laughs> no, I know what you're getting at. The, the key with live streaming VR is that it has to be better than 2D. It has to give somebody a reason why they're going to not watch the, the 2D or watch the 360 instead of the 2D. And I think that is entirely dependent on the creative and a lot of that has to do with the UX. And what we're asking our viewers to do in a 360 live stream is transport themselves into a new environment. They put on a headset and they go to Rolling Loud or they're going to the Olympics. And if we can augment the, the sphere, the 360 sphere, with visualizations and data and graphics and with the 2D live stream, there's no reason why it can't be better than 2D. We have 360 sound to work with. We're, we're giving people an emotional connection to the event that they want to go to in a completely new way. And I, I think it's iterative as anything is, because Josh, you and I have had these discussions about how I think the user experience could do this. And just out of my own experience at, yeah. at Rolling Loud, when Little Uzi Vert was performing, this is like, my, I got my doctorate in hip hop, but <laughs> there's this call and response that was happening in the audience and the audience would surge forward and then they would surge backwards. And my thought was, how can I capture that in a different way next time that I actually experience that search without getting sick, but that I feel that I am actually part of that crowd. And knowing when, and now also working with Samsung, working with Anna Tickton in content, also talking about now taking the footage that we have, where we should take out all those extra graphic elements to create this experience. How we edit those shots and transition according to the music. And bringing back some traditional editing in music but, but being able to do exactly what you say, which is, why well, I would matter, much rather experience this. Because actually, in the early days of all of this, you just had a camera plant. Right. And now, and especially if you're moving into narrative, to be able to know, because you're on the fly and you're live and you have to make live decisions. All of us are making live decisions. It harkens back to those earlier days, mm. but you've got a heavier load to lift, correct? I think that, uh, what you're touching on is, is um, camera rehearsals and camera placements and understanding those moments in, in like a concert is a great example of when the music is going to surge, when you're going to hit that moment in the Lil Uzi Vert song where the audience is going to go bonkers and being ready for that moment so that you cut to that camera that's in the crowd at the same time as the surge so that your viewer can feel like they're a part of it. And I mean, we can also augment the sphere with uh, with visualizations that react to the crowd and react to the artist. And that can be you know, put up in the sphere anywhere. And we have all these great tools that we can use to really engage people. And I think we need to think about it earlier too when we're, when we're designing the shows with 360 in mind. Think backwards, we, what equipment do we have? We're still used to thinking of this and having a set like this where it's against a wall and, you have, and you're, you're, you're thinking of a shot and designing it around the equipment and around the experience, uh, doing that first. And I remember walking the set with you and you saying, well, what if we did this? And I'm like, oh, this man is brilliant. Right. You know, because of, of a user having access to something certain. One thing I wanted to mention and maybe ask is, um, we're having the opportunity to post a lot of the footage mm. now in post-production. Unfortunately, we have the line feeds and the things that have, and the things that we're learning in post are actually giving us the opportunity to take what we're learning in post and bring it into live. Are you finding that? I think that 
the one of the hardest things for a 2D director to to do when they move into 360 is understand that what they're doing while they're cutting a show is is going to happen live, and there's no room for errors, right? So. Uh, if you're going to become a 360 live director, you should understand the post flow and you should understand the way that an audience needs to engage with the 360 piece so that when you go to do it live, you are making the proper cuts and you understand the pacing and, and everything and where graphics live. Right. You know, go ahead, Dirk. No, I was just comment I, because I, I was just, no, I time went so fast. <laughs> I, just, I just think of a, a 2D shot and a 360 experience completely differently. You know, in a 2D shot, it's, it's, you have different tools. You have depth of field, you have movement, you have... In the 360 shot, it's, it's for me, I, I think about the, the, the lighting in the whole room. I think about how the whole room affects you. I think it's just, it's a completely different experience. And like he was talking about with the, the, the supervisor on set, in a headset, it's a completely different experience than what you're seeing in the equirectangular or in, in a traditional shot. So it's just, it's a fundamental shift. And I think that that's one of the biggest and most subtle things that when you're going from 2D to 360 that you have to, you have to think about is it's a different thing. Whenever I think of a shot, it's, it's this. And it's, it's not the, the, the total experience. One of my favorite shots on that piece we did was, uh, it was still a good shot. It was a woman against a bookshelf, but she had a light in the room that was reflecting all around the room and throwing these beautiful shadows that in 2D you wouldn't ever see it. It would be a problem. But in 360, that was what I was trying to capture. So it's just, it's a big shift. It's a fundamental shift in how we think. I think, just about, I just bought us five more minutes, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, the opportunity to define the medium mm. now, it, it almost, it has to happen. So the pioneering, and thanks for supporting us, Josh, <laughs> defining the medium, what do you think your greatest challenges are right now? Let me start with Lillian. Yeah, so I mean, I'm coming at it from the narrative perspective in addition to sort of the live perspective. And I think in the same way that the two-dimensional shot is different from the 360 shot, the experience of time in, in VR versus in two dimensions is different as well. And so the way you can play with time um, as an experience in VR, as a narrative, you're really not thinking of that sort of typical linear structure anymore. You can really play with um, much of sort of a different aspect of editing, a different way of experiencing this medium. So when we were thinking of um, 360 narrative projects to do in the orbital ship, we got pretty experimental in terms of what we were coming up with, whether it was sort of a Rashomon-like uh, multiple perspectives going into this space and experiencing it, whether it was sort of more of a ghost story so you're not sure whose perspective you're viewing it from. Um, and there's opportunities there to play with that are a little different from what you'd experience in, in 2D. So it's, it's thinking outside the box in that regard as well, not just in terms of framing and, and lighting, but in terms of how you're experiencing the story. Greatest challenge for Samsung right now. <laughs> Growth, I think the, uh, the industry needs more content. I think we're, we're focusing this year on premium content for that reason, because people want long form content, they want higher quality content, and they are willing to pay for it. So our pivot this year is looking at uh, the, uh, the premium content that we can start getting out to users. Uh, it's also the use cases, because the, a lot of creators create content for an in-the-headset experience, but forget about the mobile or the web experience. Like mm -hmm. eSports, for example, is great for web, because everyone right now consumes it on web. So create your 360 experience for a web viewer, and you'll be able to glean that market size. Uh, and not just narrowly focusing on in-headset, but there are lots of use cases that, that, that just are required for in-headset because it's too hard to constantly move around on, a, on, a, on a, a web browser. 
Well, fortunately, distribution and cheaper headsets, more comfortable headsets, higher resolution. It's all coming. It's coming. It's just a matter of timing. <laughs> As Jackie Mason used to say, timing is everything. <laughs> greatest challenge. I think uh, finding the right clients, explaining to the clients the uses of 360, what it's good for. Um, I think that for me, just how to tell a story in 360, how to do a show like this in 360, how to make it, you know, using all these assets, plugging them in. Um, staying in the loop as to what's coming next and how to implement that into what we're doing, using AR as a, as a delivery mechanism, uh, using AR in shows, uh, bringing social into it. Just, just it's, there's a lot of things, that, it's a recipe, and we're trying to, a little sugar here, a little salt here, what works? Because some things really don't work, and some things, when you hit it right, it's, it's so cool, it's mm -hmm. so fun. You that's what we're going it, for. You hit it right in Abu Dhabi. Thank you. Greatest challenge, Ben. I think that building an audience right now is our biggest challenge. I think that we need to give people a reason to want to watch 360 video. And that comes with the creative, and that comes with the distribution, and that comes with everything. But we really need to think our shows through and make sure that anytime somebody is tuning into a live 360 piece, they're getting a great show. They're not getting a camera that's off axis that makes them want to puke, or they're not getting bad cuts, or, or they're, it's just boring. We need to make sure we're getting the right content out there and that we're giving our audience a reason to come back. Exactly. So I have two greatest challenges. <laughs> My first greatest challenge is now that I, because I came from traditional television, now that I built that bridge between the two is helping lead people across the bridge. And the way I do that is with people like you and my second greatest challenge is finding people like you who think creatively, who think innovatively, and who actually do not, this is my opinion of all of you, who actually do not let the last thing and the thinking that went into the last thing limit the thinking that goes into the next thing. And that's why I love working with you. Ben, Dirk, Josh, thanks for my livelihood, um, Lillian, Thanks for being here today. There's, this is such a great field. We could talk about it for hours, but unfortunately we don't have hours to talk about it. So I want to thank you for being on NAB Show Live today. Brought to you by Broadcast Beat. There's more today. Lots of stuff happening on the floor and lots of people to bring it to you. Nice. Bye.